Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content, so maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by How to Hold a Grudge, and you know what that means. It means it is time for another By the Book mini episode. It is. That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. And this week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by How to Hold a Grudge, From Resentment to Contentment, The Power of Grudges to Transform Your Life by Sophie Hanna. But before we get to this week's responses, you guys, we got to remind you of a few things. Thing one, Kristen's book, So You Want to Start a Podcast, is available for pre-sale now. So go scramble to the internet and buy it wherever you enjoy buying your books. Yeah, you can get the audiobook version. She which, reads it herself, yes, which is a lot of fun. You can get the ebook version or you can get a beautiful hardcover copy. And if you get the hardcover copy and you photograph yourself out in the world and tag me at Kristen Meinzer, that's at Kristen Meinzer on Twitter or at K10Meinzer on Instagram, K10Meinzer. I will enter you into a contest. Wait, what contest? A contest where a select few people's names will be drawn from the hat to receive a loving, supportive pep talk from Dean. That's a good prize. Yeah, it sure is. 
Also, if you want a copy of Kristen's book, another way to get it is to come to our live show in Brooklyn in September. Yes, that's Friday, September 6th at the Bell House. And that is a buy the book live show with lots of special surprises and my book included. Tickets are now on sale. Grab yours at thebellhouseny.com. That's thebellhouseny.com. So, Kristen, now that housekeeping is over, shall we get to grudges? Oh, yes, indeed. We should get to grudges. I would like to start with what I'm calling the great miserable debacle of 2019. Yes, let's get to it. So, Kristen, you used the word miserable over half a dozen times in the most recent episode to describe your upstairs neighbors, along with words like exhausted, tired, and hostages. Now, most of our listeners wrote in with comments like this one from Donna. Donna says, As a mother, I laughed out loud at some of your comments, Kristen. Yes, there are miserable times raising kids. There's also a lot of good times. As a mother of two kids, I find it's easier when I have a sense of humor and speak openly about the realities. You definitely spoke some truth. It was well done and made me laugh and smile. Yay, that was the goal. We are a comedy show, true, after all. True, 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 yes. Love, Megan, you laugh. Yes. And while most of our listeners agreed with Donna, we also heard from some of you who felt very personally attacked by Kristen's grudge, and especially by her use of the word miserable. One of our listeners, Megan, weighed in with her thoughts, and she said... I was listening to Kristen use the word miserable, and I thought, oh, she's going to get dragged. <laughs> That's how it's spelled out, too. Dragged. It's many O's and many A's and dragged. <laughs> uh, she goes on to say, the book says to verbalize negative thoughts and perceptions as a step toward healthy resolution, which is exactly what Kristen did. However, most of us don't want to learn that we're annoying or can be seen as anything besides perfect, so we get defensive at the mere mention of something we're self-conscious about. But if we're going to be authentic and share the struggle, isn't it better to admit that we sometimes sit on the stoop with our head in our hands or to vent as Kristen did? Kristen made a real and, in my opinion, successful effort to empathize and treat the neighbors with kindness. Mm. Well. Wow. Everybody who wrote in, thank you so much for all of your letters. We really appreciate them, as always. We love hearing from you. Um, and first up, I just want to own up to it. I did overuse the word miserable in the episode. I have a much larger vocabulary than That's that. True. She, she knows many words. I do know a lot of words. I do think I was hitting the word miserable hard, partly because it was my job to be grumpy in this episode, mm -hmm. to totally. have a grudge, if you will. Yeah, and um, like for comedic effect, maybe. Yes, I admit. And I'm not a comedian like Jolenta, so I think what I thought was comical maybe wasn't funny to everybody else. I feel like this has happened before, too. Yes, although Jolenta, you always laugh at me, so I think I'm I being do. funny. I do. I think it's hilarious. I just always think it's funny when Kristen breaks from her normal character, which is like, I'm a Pollyanna. Everyone has good intentions. And then to hear her be like, oh, this is killing me, <laughs> and it's a normal, annoying thing. <laughs> It's so refreshing. <laughs> yes, yes. But it so, can be jarring because it's unexpected coming from you. Yes, absolutely. So that's me owning up to it. I could have broadened my vocabulary. I probably should have used additional words. But I mean, used. in your defense, you told me off mic when we recorded this that your neighbors literally have described themselves as miserable, even uh, jokingly. Oh. Like, it, yeah, you absolutely. were using their language. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They'll say things like, oh, when will it end? Or we'll say, hey, guys, how you doing? And they'll be like, oh, you know, miserable. And then we'll all laugh and it's fine. I mean, yeah. to us, it's not a huge deal that people go through little moments of being miserable. Totally. You know, raising little humans 
is freaking exhausting. It doesn't mean you don't love your kids. You can no. love your kids and be miserable sometimes with the work of raising them. So, I mean, I personally like to think I, I'm very empathetic and mm -hmm. acknowledging the complexities of parenthood isn't totally. me insulting parents exactly. or, or insulting kids. Well, and in addition with people taking issue with your use of the word miserable, several listeners wrote in this week asking you to just be more understanding of your neighbors and people with kids, you know, trying to see things from their perspective and invite them over and for brunch to help more. them more, give them more things. Offer free babysitting. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? So <laughs> I, rather than answer, I'm just going to read something that our listener Pat wrote on Facebook. Pat said, I know there are some people who are upset that Kristen didn't try to see things from her neighbor's point of view in the new episode. They've given good reasons why Kristen should cut them some slack and be understanding and not see them as the enemy. But I think everyone writing in angry is forgetting what the point of the book was. It was to hold a grudge and to be petty and to nurture the anger and be judgmental and laugh at how bad it is. I guess the fact that so many people think she did too good of a job living by this book means Kristen deserves a raise. Oh, I'll take what? a raise. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The book says experience things that irritate you and like fully own what irritates you. And that's what you did. Yeah, but maybe I did follow the book too well. <laughs> I mean, it's better than the feedback we get when they're like, you didn't follow it. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we can literally never win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough about me. Let's get to some other letters out there. And specifically, mm. this one about you, Jolenta, uh -oh. and your neighbor. Stacy wrote in and said, I'm concerned about Jolenta's soon-to-be ex-neighbor's dog. It sounds like the dog was really stressed and the owner wasn't doing anything about it. Maybe that's just the dog trainer in me. Jolenta, do you have any updates on that dog, please? I do. Oh, I good. Do. You do. No, and that's why I emailed, too, because I was like, I don't care. I know my dog gets noisy sometimes. There are other dogs in the building that bark every time someone walks in. Like, I don't care. But the dog was howling early in the morning for hours, which is not normal for her. So that's why I emailed him to begin Ooh. with, being like, hey, something might be going on. And they're working with her, I think. Or, mm. And uh, she seems to be quieter. And also, they had just moved back in, her and her owner, from him working in Canada for a few months. So she had just gotten back. She was readjusting and probably getting ready to move again. So she's going through a lot, and uh, but she is doing better and better and just getting more used to things in oh, Brooklyn again. Good. Poor thing. I mean, dogs don't understand. No. You can don't. try to explain. They don't speak English. And I worry about her. She's diabetic, so I always worry if I hear her. I'm like, is she okay? Is she in pain? Like, I don't know. You know. Yes. yes. But she's doing a lot better. They're, they're working on her anxiety, and um, she's happier. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, that's a really happy ending. Yes. Yay. I Yay. mean, I feel like it's a good time to take a break. Yes. Let's take a break. And when we're back, we're going to hear some stories from listeners about their own grudges. Yes. Goody. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
we are back with listener responses to how to hold a grudge. And we received quite a few letters, Jolenta, this week from people about their own grudges. Oh, we sure did. And you know I love a grudge. Yes, yes. Well, you're going to love this one. Kimberly says, I totally agree with you, Jolenta. Grudge holding is wonderful. This past Lent, I gave up complaining because I thought I was getting too negative. Instead, I tried to focus on gratitude and exercise, the things that are supposed to make us happy, right? Did not work for me. Mm -hmm. I had to give it up really quick because I could feel the emotions bottling up like a pop can after being shook. I found my thoughts focusing on what I couldn't talk about, and I could almost feel my posture starting to resemble a crotchety old lady. It was too much, and I wasn't getting any happier. Finally, after only 14 days, I couldn't take the pressure. I spent over an hour just fast-talking all the grudgeworthy things that happened to me all those days to my poor boyfriend, who looked a little terrified of me. For those of you who don't do Lent, it's 40 days-ish. I didn't even make it halfway. In reflection about this, I realize that I have to vent my frustrations, and in venting, I tend to work through some things. I love how validated this episode made me feel. Jolenta, keep rocking that grudge queen crown. Hey, grudges help us work through shit. They don't feel good because something's making us uncomfortable, and maybe we could look at it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love grudges, and I like airing them because I feel like it helps make progress. Yeah. I also love that Kimberly used the metaphor of pop can after being mm. shook. Are you from Minnesota, Kimberly? We say pop in the Midwest. My mom says pop. Oh, she does? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Here's a letter from Chantel that I liked. She says, when Kristen said that maybe Jolenta is holding on to some grudges on her behalf, that was an aha moment for me. I do this all the time. Maybe it's the Libra in me who always looks for justice and wants everything to be done fairly. So when someone I know is wronged and they just shrug it off or don't want to do anything about it, I then get upset for them and hold on to their grudge. And I add it to my own personal grudges. Well, that's just completely counterproductive and absurd. Why do I do this to myself? Gets a journal and starts to write down things to be grateful about instead. <laughs> Chantel, it's not just Jolenta who does this. I have done this so much, and it's actually totally come back to bite me in the ass sometimes. Really? Oh, yeah. I know way too much about the bad behavior of a friend's partner, for example. Oof. And then I'm like, good riddance to that fucker. And then they're, and then back, they're back together. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Or... Somebody who I thought was pretty great started treating one of my friends badly, and this is a mistake I made back when I was a teenager in college. Mm. I would say to my friend, we can't hang out with so-and-so anymore. I know we thought she was nice, but she's talking shit about you behind your back. And then they both left me in the dust. <gasps> wow. Because they thought, I was, real well, they thought I was spreading gossip yeah, and I was trying to protect them. Stirring. I wasn't shit-stirring. I was saying, there's a reason we got to get away from people who are, like, mm -hmm. bad and I hold a grudge against this person for how they're talking about you behind your back. Totally. So let's not hang out with that person anymore. And then they dumped you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, grudges for other people are a slippery slope. Yes. I think yes. it's for me, it's all like self-preservation too of like, oh, I saw how this person got hurt. So I'll just learn from their hurt and not have to do it myself. Ah, that sounds more productive. But it still closes you off from a lot of experiences I have found where mm. it's like, oh, I wrote this person off because like 10 years ago when they were young and immature, like they didn't work well with someone I barely know who turns out like doesn't work well with anyone. And maybe mm. I wrote off this person like for the wrong reasons and I need to learn for myself and not try to preempt the learning process or like bypass it by by taking on other people's lessons. Mm, man, so many ways to take on grudges that aren't our own. I know, right? A wrote in with this. 
Thank you so much for living by this book. I've been looking for a way to deal with my anger and my grudge toward my boss, and this helped a lot. I'm a graduate student who literally just had to watch everyone I started school with graduate. I didn't because my boss has been piling on an insane amount of work since January, and I haven't had time to finish writing my dissertation. She announced to everyone during our weekly staff meeting that I wasn't going to be graduating and then proceeded to tell me I should be grateful because it was supposed to rain and the ceremony was outside. By the way, it didn't rain. To say I hold a grudge is an understatement. And no, I can't ever forgive her for her inability to manage the people who work below her. But maybe writing it all down in my new grudge cabinet will help to get it out of my head and let me finish doing the work that needs to be done to move on to a better life. I like it. I think it's important, truly. There's a reason we feel feelings, and it's because we want to learn something. Yeah. Like, I don't know why we're just so obsessed with, like, not acknowledging when things are bad. Yeah. It's okay to be irritated. I love it. Also, being irritated doesn't make you a bad person. Mm -mm. It doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make it like, like, yeah, life is irritating. Just put in the cabinet. (laughs) Speaking of cabinets, a few of our listeners tried to use the techniques of this book. Here are two of their stories. Abigail says, I listened to the last episode while driving from Minnesota to Ohio yesterday, and I tried to embrace my grudge against the Illinois tollway. (laughs) I tried rewriting the story and imagining the tollway was abolished forever. I think I must have been doing it wrong because all I succeeded in doing was becoming hopelessly enraged and raising my blood pressure. (laughs) I think as a naturally angry person, it doesn't feel good for me to lean into the grudge. It feels like I'm spiraling into a rage and just getting more and more upset. Mm. Abigail, it sounds like you already know how to acknowledge Mm -hmm. your anger. and Maybe you don't need to further. Abigail, I have that problem as well. (laughs) Uh, My therapist tells me to look underneath my anger because it's probably hurt. So... There's a thought. I don't want to look underneath it. I prefer blind rage and the <laughs> safety of that. But, you know, to each their own. Oh, God. Um, I think most people are mad at the tollway, though. I mean, who's not mad at tolls? Yeah, it's terrible. They're the worst. Yeah, they're really, really bad. Our heart is with you, Abigail. And the road's yeah. still f- full of holes. Yeah. All right. Karen has this story. Twelve years ago, I can keep a grudge. When I was pregnant, my coworkers did a horrible job of throwing the obligatory baby shower. It was early in the morning before work started and lasted only 15 minutes. There were no games, no cake, no nothing. Backstory is, I had never had a baby shower even though this was my third pregnancy. I was a teenage mom for the first, an introverted 20-year-old with no friends for the second, and I was dreaming of a shower. Not for the gifts, but for the moment of having a shower and celebrating. I still work with one of the women, and I still hold a grudge. So to let it go, here's my grudge letter rewriting the story. Once Karen was pregnant with her third baby, and no one knew that she really dreamed of a shower. She was quiet, so they assumed a very low-key drop-in would be quick and easy and work for everyone. When Karen realized this, she politely shared her heart and dreams and told them how much she wanted the shower experience. It was too late to change the plans, so they threw her a mini shower, just the six of them, and had a blast eating cake, drinking punch, and playing a silly game. Memories were made. After writing this story, I am ready to put this away in the other box. I've learned that I can't assume others know my heart, and being an introvert means I have to speak up sometimes because my friend circle is much smaller than others. Ah. Such a good point. Such a good point. And such a beautiful story. I know. What a nice, it's just nice like, and simple and a really good reminder that when people do things to us or we feel like they do things to us, it's often 
a misunderstanding. And people don't know what expectations are being held. And people don't know what's going on in other people's lives. And, and then feelings get hurt. Yeah. But it's it's good to remember not everyone knows what's in your heart. And it's also good to remember, like, it's probably not done maliciously. Yeah. But because, like, uh, a piece was missing. Yeah. I really think that the vast majority of things in life are not done maliciously. Mm-hmm. I, I really think for most of us it's just cluelessness, carelessness, or misinterpreting a situation. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I really do. But thank you for sharing your beautiful grudge stories. Everyone, we loved them. We're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we're going to share some funny neighbor stories people have posted in our Facebook community. And of course, we will announce next week's book. We are back and we have some listener stories all about bad neighbors because this was an episode all about neighbors, not grudges, apparently. (laughs) Or in New York, we just all have grudges against our neighbors constantly. Yes. Ruth tells us this story. Our upstairs neighbor let his dog pee on his balcony and drench our porch below. We didn't go out there after that in case we got soaked. That is disgusting, Ruth. That is so gross. What if you want to sit out there and have a cocktail or if you're trying to barbecue and then you get drenched with dog pee. I love dogs, but I don't want them to pee on me. Or no, that pee that. smells gross. Yeah, don't want it. Don't want it to happen. Oh, that would be oof. Our next neighbor story comes from Sunny. And Sunny wrote, in college, the girl next to our dorm room had really loud um, relational encounters with her boyfriend. It was very, very loud. I was the bad neighbor that decided to put my speaker against the wall and play Disney soundtracks as loud as I could. Can you imagine which songs would be best for that situation? Because do you want to keep it romantic like A Whole New World from no, Aladdin? No, no. I'd be blasting stuff like Everybody Wants to Be a Cat <laughs> from the Aristocats. <laughs> I'd be blasting stuff like... Poor Unfortunate Souls. Ursula yes, from yeah. The Little Mermaid. 100%. Just all the villains' songs. That's Just to good. really get people out of their head, you know? I like the buddy songs, too. Like, mm-hmm. you get a talking animal. You got a friend in me. Oh, yeah. All of that. Matata. Oh, yeah. Bare Necessities. Oh, oh yes. I would totally play Bare Necessities because I feel like fucking is, is a bare necessity. Wow. I was going to make a bareback joke, but let's not do that. Oh, you're, oh, gr- you're dirtier than I am. Man. All right. Let's move on to the story from Naomi. Naomi said, When my two oldest were four and two and I was visibly pregnant, my husband and I were giving haircuts to the kids outside. The way they screamed. (laughs) I was so embarrassed and so glad when we were done. I was physically and emotionally exhausted. I told my husband, I hope our neighbors don't call the police. Then about 30 seconds later, the doorbell rings. Oh, no, I thought. They did call the police. I answer the door, and it's my neighbor with a cake. She says, we bought too much for a party. Would you like this? I was so shocked and stunned. She was so nice. It was not the police. I think I mumbled a pathetic thank you, and I'm sure the look on my face was hilarious and possibly looked to her like I was miserable and ungrateful. (laughs) I'm sure Kristen's neighbor had something similar going on when she dropped off that package of kitty litter. You have surely given them something to laugh about later and also save them a trip to the store. Naomi, I love your story of actually being the bad neighbor. That's hilarious. And 
I don't understand really why so many kids scream bloody murder when they're getting their hair cut. It's so interesting. Did you do that when you were a kid? Uh, my mom is a hairdresser, so no. Yeah, my nana was too, but she so my nana it, cut but my hair. she also made it really clear, like, she wa- she had me watch her, like, take a snip and be like, even though it's on you, you can't feel it. Like, watch. Like, mm. can you feel this? You know, but she probably knew how to deal with kids getting haircuts. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's just scary to have scissors near you. I don't know. Frank always acts, my dog, like I'm about to stab him to death <laughs> when I'm like, hold on, you have a piece of hair, like, covering your entire eye that I need to cut so you can see. He'll be like, quit stabbing me. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my gosh. Just hilarious, though. Love that. Thank you, everybody who wrote in with their grudge stories, with their neighbor stories, and even all of you who wrote in with your feelings about the word miserable. We love all of you. We love hearing from you. And reminder, you always can share your thoughts on our books, on how you've lived our books, how you have experienced the things that we're talking about at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. And now, it's that time. Yay! It is the time when we announce our next week's book. Yes! Our next book is... Don't da da ba ba The Sleep Revolution, Transforming Your Life One Night at a Time by Ariana Huffington. What if I want to transform my life two nights at a time? Is sleeping really revolutionary? What if I'm too tired to read the book? Listen next week to find out. Huge thank you to all of our listeners who wrote in. And, of course, the hugest thank you to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, Nora Ritchie and Casey Holford. Thanks also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who perform it. Reminder, we also have a season of the show called By the Book Authors Tell All, exclusively available on Stitcher Premium. It features interviews with some of the authors whose books we've lived by and authors whose books we just happen to love. To get that, head on over to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code BOOK for a free month. Guys, I talked to Countess Luann in this series. You want to hear me just dumbstruck with awe? Listen, it's great. And just stay in touch with us. Let us know if you've read How to Hold a Grudge. Send us any suggestions you have for other books to read. Send us questions. Send us pictures of animals and clothes. And uh, our email address where you can send all that stuff is kristinangelenta at gmail.com. But if you prefer Twitter, you can hit us up at at G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at ByTheBookPod. Don't forget, we have Instagram. Yes. At ByTheBookPod. Oh, and don't forget to grab your tickets for Buy the Book Live in Brooklyn. Yeah. Friday, September 6th at the Bell House. Tickets are on sale. You can get them at thebellhouseny.com. Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to our show. It helps other people to find the show. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Thanks for listening. Bye. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Tell a friend about the show. If you don't, we're going to hold a grudge. Oh, I was going to say they could tell their grudgy. Oh, no. I was like, if you don't rate us and review us, if you don't tell friends, 
Grudge is held. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll work through the grudge, as we all know. <laughs> Stitcher. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw. I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 